ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Gym Owners Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Stone. Over there is John. Hi, John. Hi, Tyler. Today, guys, we're going to talk about one of the most common things that we see when we are working with clients is gym owners who are trying to turn their passion into a profession and why those are the only types of people that we give a shit to work with and uh, how to make sure that you don't die on the passion hill and that you actually can get to the point where you're able to make a damn good living, feed your family, doing the thing that you love doing. So before we get started, make sure you follow the show at the Gym Owners Podcast on Instagram and get into, go to the link in our descriptions. We have the Facebook group there. We can get a bunch of like-minded gym owners. We share ideas, strategies, some tidbits and stuff enough of the stuff we give away for free that's where we give it away at between there and the podcast follow me on instagram at tyler f and stone john is j banks fl that's it all right john how do you turn a passion into a profession well it all started with us figuring out that we were working with people that were either all or or mm-hmm. and that's when we decided we got to get the fuck away from the folks that were over on the passion 100% or business 100% because it made us want to throat punch a motherfucker if they were all or or of those two things. So let's cover side number one, being too much profession out of this thing, being too professional coming in and treating this like an investment and an investment only. Right. And it's, it's, there's, there's a lot of that in the fitness industry, primarily the supplement industry. And then a lot of these little, um, adjacent brands that get tacked on to each other. You know, every, every athlete all of a sudden gets to a certain point. They start having their own apparel lines, supplement lines and all this shit. Um, but it really is just business by numbers and business by numbers is truthfully, it's the best way to do business kind of. I mean, it really is. It just, it just works. But that is exactly what has been a cancer in the fitness industry for such a long time is that thing, which is just like, all right, I have an audience of this and they're going to buy whatever the fuck I put in front of them. So let me just put something in front of them that works. And I'm fully detached from the process. This is, I mean, this is all of the unethical things that you see in the fitness industry is this pure profession, no passion, no ethic, no having a real piece of yourself in your business. And that becomes what I describe as soulless business. And that's a business exactly. I have no desire. John, we come across people every once in a while, too much passion or strictly too little, frankly, it's just too little. And there's a lot of entities out there in the fitness, in the fitness business that'll come to you as a gym owner. And they're going to say, Oh, we can do this. We're going to give you all this best shit and it's going to roll up and you can just scale it up and it will castrate your soul out of your business. Absolutely. Well, once the blood got in the water, that's when we started seeing all of these really business centric companies kind of come out of the woodwork. Yeah. And we all know what they're called. You all know who we're talking about, but they're very business heavy. They probably started either with a particular service or a software as a service, something like that. And then they started feeding their their people that were using their software would feed them swipe files, um, social media, like templates or wording for emails kind of give you everything. It kind of like um, the Swiss army knife of your business that ended up just starting to become some of the worst things in the world, which was copy and paste business. 
And the problem about copy and paste business is there's enough principles, similar principles that it will work, but it will just absolutely not represent you going forward. And for your business to hold for the long game, the one thing that I, I always tell people is like, you are the reason your business will stand out from everybody else if you want it to. Otherwise, how are you going to differentiate yourself? The only thing you got is you, right? You can have a unique position in your market and all this other stuff. But again, you start doing that cookie cutter, copy paste business. And now you're no longer a factor in your business. And I'm okay with detaching from doing all the coaching. I'm okay with a lot of that stuff, but you still, this thing should matter to you. What it is should matter to you. How it is, how it is executed should matter to you and how your clients are treated, how they feel results. All of this stuff should matter to you. And God damn it. Does it suck when it, I, I can tell when we start working with a business right away, if it's just completely has no heart immediately. And we walk, by the way, we don't, we, I, we don't do, we walk away from it. If you're one of those people where you're just like, listen, I got some money. I want to drop it in here and we're just going to churn out this shit and just keep going. I don't know, man, you should just open pizza restaurants. You know what I mean? Like get in the franchise business of, of almost anything, because if you're really trying to make an impact, I promise you, you're not going to do it, doing it that way. And if you are, I don't care to work with you. So what we try to do here at the Gym Owners Revolution is we want to make sure that we can rectify the passion of what got you into this, which is for most people, this is what the thing that I relate to is I got started to get a, made a great impact in my life, right? I was like, oh, I feel healthy again. And I, I could see all this opportunity. You get to where like, oh, these people should be doing this. Or if they had this opportunity, they would be better. They would be healthier. They would feel the way I feel. It would be as... Uh, big of a paradigm shift for them as it was for me. So that is the mission here, right? That was the mission when I opened my gym. That was the mission when I got into fitness education was to do things the right way to spread the thing all the way, right? And that's what we're trying to do here. <clears throat> and I'll be damned if you get into it and if you're all passion, the ship starts to sink really fast, right? You, you get into it and you, you get there and you're like, I'm doing it. I'm doing the thing. I talked about this before. Opening your business is so much work. It's so much change. You have big freaking balls by the time you get to there, right? You've taken all the risks. You've put yourself out there. You've done it all. And I see so many gym owners, their passion carries them that far and they stop. And that's it. And then all of a sudden you're like, I'm it. I am this guy. I am the person that owns the gym. I am the coach. I'm the coach. I get to walk around. People respect me. I like this stuff. Well, now fucking what? Now what? Your mission, your mission stopped when you got to check that box. Is that how that works? Then that does, it seems to me like your passion only carried you so far. And it is one of the most frustrating things that I see is people passion, get them so far. And then they refuse to let their passion nudge them into like, how can I actually, I don't have to become a soulless professional, but how can I turn my passion into something that will pay me as a profession where I can be respected as a professional? And, and by the way, the more passionate you are, the more passionate you are with your results, how people feel that you actually give a shit about them, the more professionally you are going to be received because you will mm -hmm. do better. People will feel like they're getting a higher level of service. Okay. So you have much more potential as a person who starts with passion than someone who has to find it from a business. 100%. Yeah. And, and, and holding true to why did you start your business? Because if you are and you will slowly lose that fire mm -hmm. or what you'll do is you will take that passion that you used to have for your business 
And those warm and fuzzy feelings that you used to get when you got your stuff going, you're feeling good and you're building, you're doing and you're doing. It'll all of a sudden start to be all those good feelings will start to be associated with the wrong thing. It'll be associated with, oh, everyone says this is supposed to be hard and I'm not supposed to be successful. And maybe I'm not supposed to do the right thing. I, I shouldn't be paying myself. Yeah. I shouldn't be making any money. I should be doing these things. It is you are showing up every single day doing what you love while the ship is sinking, all of a sudden those emotions of what feels good starts getting associated with like, what is it? Self-flagellation yeah, and yeah. martyrdom and all the wrong things to the point to where you're just like, no, this is great. Everything's good. I'm digging a big old fucking hole. I'm yep. digging my own grave. And I think it's great. You want to know why? Cause I'm getting a lot of great exercise. Yeah, well, I'm yeah. digging my grave here. I and have it's just... six people that trust me to coach them, and I'm just willing to die on this hill, right? Exactly. It doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't. I was talking to somebody the other day who was speaking to a young exercise exercise science student who said to this person, I won't go into too many details, but said they really wish they could be a personal trainer. And this person was telling me, he's like, yeah. So I told him, like, well, there's really no one here that's going to give you a personal trainer job. And the kid agreed. I was like, well, you're both fucking wrong, right? Right. So it, let me tell you one of the things that you need to do. If you want this, we're going to give this kid the right advice. He wants to be a personal trainer, but doesn't want to what? Take any risk. Doesn't want to be responsible for getting clients. My wife and I were talking about one of the spots in town was like, you know, hired this one kid on and he was like, yeah, it's great. They're going to feed me clients and all this stuff. I was like, what a fucking tragedy. You're going to go here and they're going to feed you clients, meaning they have clients waiting and, and, and you're, you're, it's not you. They just want a thing. They don't want you. So then when you leave, it's not you. It's not yours. They're not your clients. They're not your people. Like how to not build anything that matters is to let someone else fucking do it for you, right? These opportunities for, for a young person who wants to come up and get into personal training, you know what you start with? One client. You find one person who will be willing to pay you and you coach that person. The money is good. Is it? Well, talk about a part-time gig. Like you ain't gonna go work at the gas station and make fifty to eighty bucks an hour, especially if it's your first client. You're gonna put all that in your pocket anyways. Welcome to Tax Fraud University. But you know, you know what I'm saying. Like, like if you're a 19, 20 year old kid and you're fit, and some people talk to you every once in a while, yeah, hustle one into hiring you. That's how you start. The idea of someone at that age going, well, yeah, there's just nobody here is going to bring me on and provide me with a full plate of clients right away. I'm like, well, no shit. The fuck is wrong with you? And the person's like, you know, blame it on the town. I was like, well, yeah, nobody will do that here. It's like, okay, well, you can just start to find one person. That turns to two. You you should be able, if you're a personal trainer, if you have 15 clients, you should be able to live really fucking good (laughs) if you're doing it right. And so – I just, people need to understand that piece that you have to actually make the effort. You can't just be passionate and expect things to fall in your lap. That's, that's the other side of that thing, which is, well, I'm all passion and I'm never going to even move past the starting line. On the other side of that is being all passion. And like John said, just saying, well, this is it now. I now am just being poor. Being poor is what this is. This is, I get to, I don't have to be good. What is your metric of success? Your metric of success should be, yes, results with people. That's thing one. How many results can you get if you are now for other people? You want to spread fitness in the world. If people don't respect you enough to pay you a lot of money, 
If people don't respect you a lot to pay you a lot of money, they're not going to invest either all that much money. They're not going to invest in themselves on the other side of it. Do you think they're going to be excited to tell people about you? If you're just some kind of thing that's shipped, that's constantly sinking and guy doesn't do very well. No, people will talk about the guy who does, who kills it, who does great. He drives a nice car. His family does really, really, really well. They're going to get, yeah, I hired that guy. I heard he's the best. Yeah, I see him around town. He's, yeah, it's great. I, that is the thing you want to be. Okay, so what I'm saying is quit trying to die in the fucking mud. I don't understand it. And we see it so much with the people that are all passion is they, they treat it like the passion of the Christ. Like I want to be crucified to my business. It's like, oh, well, Jesus, what a great sacrifice you've made. But I'm sure your family would love it if it was the other way. If you were making fucking money and your wife didn't have to pull all the cash, if your wife didn't have to pull all the income, and if this system actually worked for you, any system needs to be able to sustain itself. And you sinking all your time, or like you said, the amount of coaches and gym owners open there to think that they're, think that they're like, what's the word? Like holier than thou because they don't take a paycheck. No, you're failing. Hate to break it to you. If you're not drawing a check from your business that's good, that fits that fits your family's needs, that lets you do the things that you want to do, do it well, build a future for your family, you are failing. You're not a failure. There's hope. But you are failing at this thing. And that's a fact. And the fact is we don't want to fucking work with you. No. And that's care. really that's – what, that's what we discovered. Yeah. Because it's if you don't want to be successful, if you don't want to comfortably feed your family, if you don't want to be able to make updates to your gym and not have it look like a fucking rat's nest, then you have to be able to make money. You have to first be passionate. And I think this takes us into this next portion that we want to talk about. You have to want to make a difference. Yeah. You have to be a good fucking human being that got into this business for all the right reasons. But you cannot be comfortable not being able to eat. You yeah. can't be confused for why you should probably take a paycheck, why you should grow. The fact is that you could probably help more people if you look like you're a business that's open. Yeah. And that you are making enough money to be able to market and reach you know, the right people. You know, I always thought realtor, I just thought realtors, love them, bless their hearts, whatever, <laughs> realtors, right? But one of the mm -hmm. most interesting things I ever heard a realtor say, and I thought there was kind of two sides to this coin, but was that he says, he's got to drive a really nice car. I said, why? He said, because whether people are listing or buying, that just driving a really nice car looks like I get things done. Like if you're trying to sell a house, you want to list a house, the guy that's driving the nicer car just looks like he closes deals, right? That's expensive. That's just getting things done. Now, is that all fluff? Yes. Does it actually matter? Like, is it actually relevant to how good they are at selling? No, it's just making a decision, right? To just spend more money on a car than you would on something else. But it kind of matters. The cynical side on the other side of it is I would look at it and go, this motherfucker's taking too much money from me, <laughs> right? Like this guy, geez, how much, what is he doing? But it's the truth is you should, you, your system should be, you need to have some perfect, by the way, you want to be the rugged, raw, dirty, freaking thing. Exactly. Go for it. That's your niche. Do it. Do it. But you better be it. Don't pretend to be it. And by the way, there better be enough people around for you to make a good living doing that. Otherwise you pick the wrong, you pick the wrong market, you pick the wrong niche. 
that's the hardest thing for people to realize. It's like, hey, your thing, you better get real good then at creating, like we've talked about before, a movement. If there is no extreme hardcore powerlifting thing in your town, then great. You want to open it, start it, and you got to start getting people started. And if it's going to work, you got to make money doing it so you can put forth your passion. If you're not paid to act on your passion, your passion will die before it ever gets a chance to grow. And that's the biggest part. So if I wanted to open a big powerlifting mecca here in this town, yeah, bless Tanner's heart. Tanner and Tommy did it here with Massonomics, right? But the brand had to sustain the thing so that the gym could exist because the gym was never going to be profitable or cool or hardcore or anything in the beginning. It existed while they covered on the other end of the thing. Exactly. By the way, though, both those guys still have full-time jobs on the other side of the thing. It's not, but that's it. o- it's not the only thing. So if this is going right. to be your thing, you're going to be the guy that now I am this person. I am a coach. I am a gym owner. If you want to be it, then fucking be it. Just quit pretending to be it. Quit standing around on the periphery. It's a, it's, so let, let's talk, let's go back, John, to what are some of the things, what are the, some of the biggest issues that I see from people that are too much passion? We've cu- talked about people, it's too much profession in the business, which is, it's soulless, it's copy paste. It's very hard to differentiate you from anyone else in town, anyone else in your area. In the fitness industry, if you're too much copy paste shit people's bullshit radar is very tuned in when it comes to the fitness industry weight loss nutrition supplements all of this stuff you have to crack through that thing to get any attention at all let alone convert now on the other side if you're if people are all passion and no profession the martyrdom thing is thing one we see people that just say i'm stuck here this is how it is this is just the way that it is here and accepting the way that it is here is not a thing that like an actual business person will do. We'll say, this is a problem. Here are my options for solving it. I'm going to choose option A and we will do that. And if that doesn't work, we will choose option B while constantly trying to overcome this obstacle. It's just the way it is just the way that is. There is no status quo that is to be accepted, at least not for very long in the fitness industry and in your business. Go ahead. When you see a gym owner or a coach, personal trainer, that puts their own interests, the only thing that makes them interested in who they want to work with, that's the trump card. That's all that matters. So let me give us a a specific example. I oftentimes see right coaches or gym owners that want to talk 100% of the time about people that are in pain. Yeah. I want to solve someone's pain. The fact is, You are passionate about helping people get out of pain, but how you talk about it, which is you're talking about it like you are a doctor or you're talking about like you are a physical therapist as a coach, you will help less people if that's all you're isolating. I just want to help people that have shoulder pain. I just want to help people that have back pain or knee pain or hip pain. And that's all I'm interested in doing. You know who, you know what people with shoulder pain, back pain and hip pain, you know what they're first, this is not saying you're wrong, by the way, that you can't do it as a coach. I know plenty of, of coaches can better than a lot of doctors when it comes to movement. However, when the average person in your market who would, I would say, be on the cusp of joining your gym has any interest, if the reason they're not joining a gym is because they have shoulder pain, they're going to look to a doctor 
before they're going to look to you. I'm sorry. They don't look to a jacked guy to fix their shoulder. In their brain, the way it's been wired by society, the education system, all this thing, you're not going to get past that. I'm sorry. And you're never going to be as respected in that space as a doctor is. Now, what you should be able to do, however, is help the people you help to not get into pain. And if that you do have people in front of you who have shoulders, it's just one more tool for you to have is that thing. And what it is very often is it's a coach just wanting one more sense of one more piece to give them the confidence, validity. It's a validity stamp. It's a, it's a see, I'm good at this. I, it, it makes them feel like they are more professional. Like, well, I can help somebody with the shoulders and I can help someone with back. Well, no fucking shit. Your first priority should, would be to not get them into pain. By the way, you're, you're better off selling, come work with me, I won't hurt you, than you will be, come work with me, I'll fix your pain. I just, it's true. And that issue, the pain issue, that stuff, like I'm here to fix you. No one wants to be fixed, man. Nobody wants it. They want a diagnosis. <laughs> and the do. real they problem. They just want a diagnosis. The real problem comes from when I hear a coach or a gym owner say, I'm not, I only want to work with these types of people. I don't mm. work with people with weight loss. I'm, I'm above that. Yeah. If you are coming at this holier than thou and that you are on a pedestal, you are placing your passion for that thing ahead of eating yeah and to, and you don't actually here's you aren't actually interested in helping people no because you know it's gonna fucking help my shoulder can hurt me all fucking day long but if i go from being 80 pounds overweight to on target with my weight guess who's made me healthier guess what i'm infinitely healthier even with shoulder pain so you got to put things in context, guys. In my opinion, I see a lot of it is it's just a way for people to stroke their ego when they can't get the results with their clients. Yep. The truth is, if you got a, you got a bunch of fat people in your gym who are staying fat and you're coaching them every day, well, you better start focusing on shoulders and hips and backs and, and really nerding out on movement quality because you can't get them what they came into your gym for. And by the way, that's, that's fucking hard truth. It sucks, right? But do people spend so much time. The most passionate people spend so much time zoomed in on just the shit that they want to. It's not even about passion for other people. And I guess that's the important thing. Your passion had better be for helping people or I don't care. If you want to stand here and become the next guru, you want to be a brilliant, brilliant movement guru, you want to know all this stuff. I don't care. And neither do most of the people in your town. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. they, they just, they don't. And so you need to get, you want to help people start by helping people. And that needs to be helping a lot of people. And you know how you're going to help more people? By making a goddamn... You need to, so let's go... Let's take a systemic approach to this. Do you know how you're going to be able to help the most people? You have, to, you have to incentivize... Let's go even more systemic. Oh, Zoom water. Out. Let's, let's, yeah. go, let's go real wordy with this here. I'm going to go guru mode on here. You need to incentivize, okay, helping people for you, the whole system. You need to create an environment where there is an incentive for you to help people. That incentive should be money. It should be that your life is, you're not going to burn out doing it. It should be sustainable, all of that stuff, right? So you want to help people. The first criteria should be, are you able to get one person in and can you make um, an amount of money that it's worth your time to do it? And anytime that that, that that is not the case, your system is broken. So that's how you create a feedback loop. You get rich, you help people. Guess who's going to do a lot? If you made $1,000 every time you coach somebody, you'd be filling some hours, right? Think of all the people you could help if it was that worth your time. Think how good of a job you could do. Obviously, we're spinning it a little far out of that. But 
that is incentive number one, right? You need to create an environment and that means you have to incentive it. Whereas if you're essentially punishing yourself if you're not making enough money to help people. So you're gonna, you're gonna waste your time, you're gonna take time away from your family, you're gonna stress your wife, you're gonna stress your kids. All of that stuff is going to stack incentives on the other side, which is burnout, crash, end up resenting this thing, right? That's just not the way it's gonna work. So that is exactly how you need to do is your system needs to be built so it's efficient for your time. It needs to be effective for your clients. It needs to be about what people want. And by the way, if you have a thousand people, there's a lot of shoulders to help. If you got, if you, you know what I mean? If you can get a lot of people through, you can do all the things you want to do and you can have the time to nerd out as you continue to learn these very, what's the word, hyper-focused skills that come along with coaching, right? But if you're afraid of coaching weight loss or at least getting people to lose weight, I don't know what to tell you, man. That's like the, if you want a health, we've talked, even Stan Efferding was talking about this the other day. It was like, you can go real, real far with weight loss in, in, almost in the face of anything else in health, right? You could eat McDonald's every single day. He, he referenced a study. You can eat McDonald's every single day, be in a calorie deficit, lose 60 pounds, and all your health markers improve. Or you want to be a snob and talk to him. Well, I mean, we really should just be eating intuitively and let's start counting your macros. And, and yeah, all that stuff does matter. It does matter. But not near as much as how much weight you're carrying around. How overweight are you? Obesity matters. That's the thing to fix. It just, it really is. And if you're not any good at fixing that, then you better have a market that can support you doing your, you know, I don't know, fit karate stuff or whatever it is. You know what I mean? I, it, it, you got to be able to really, really help people with weight loss, with the things that they want. Are you, is your passion about something nobody else wants? Then you're never going to be able to move that needle to turning that passion into a profession. Because you're just going to be a person sitting in a hole, screaming about some shit that nobody gives a shit about. And we're not anti-niching down. No. We're, in fact, I, I always love when I can talk to a gym owner that feels really, really confident on who they want to work with, yeah. who the avatar, all the words, right? Yeah. Who their avatar is, who the, who is their best customer. If they think of, they, they had the fucking person like up on the wall and they know what their name is and their occupation, what car they drive. I think that's really great marketing wise to understand how you want to market to your people. But it has to be because you want to stay open. Yeah. If you're content, eh, money doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. And that's not my goal, is not to be able to make money to help the most people. Again, it comes back to, we're not your guys. Yeah. If your passion is to be a gym owner, I don't care. <laughs> if your passion is to use owning a gym as a way to spread whatever it is that your gift is to the world, then I'm into it because that's a thing that can move forward. There is nothing more frustrating than working with a client who their passion is to be a gym owner and to be a coach. And then that has no attachment to outcomes, any sort of development or anything. It's about a status. That's all it really is. And it's it's so uninteresting to me because you at that point, you're just, I promise you, your passion has failed you when you can sit here and you can look, look yourself dead in the mirror and go, I have not done a single thing to make my business better this week. So look yourself in the mirror. What did you do today to make your business better? What did you do this week to make your business better? What are you going to do tomorrow? to put your business in a better place. Guys, and this isn't about spending all day fucking strategizing. This is one thing, 
one email, one idea that you write down and then take one more step after that and say, what is an actionable thing I can do to get closer to this? Action, 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 action. Quit talking, quit researching, quit fucking learning and start doing something. Because so many people, you're, they're dying on the hill. They, they literally, you have, you have shoveled all of the dirt into one spot and then you're going to climb atop this thing. You've put your life, livelihood, everything into this thing. And now you climb up there and you choose to fucking die there. And it's the most frustrating thing that I see. And I see it with, by the way, the fittest business has been, it's been a hard couple of years, but 2020 is over guys. Pandemic's over. If you're here, you're in it. Let's go. I don't know what to tell you. You survived that far. But let's go. I don't, I don't know. Quit crying about it. I don't know. You know what I mean? We got, you need to move forward. And that's the game. It's, it's the progress is the only thing that matters. Progress is the only thing that matters for your business. And progress is the only thing that matters for your clients. If they feel better, that's progress. If they lose weight, that's progress. If they're getting familiar in the gym, that's progress. But if they're just hanging out, coming in like this is now when I exercise. Cool. But then I don't care about your gym. I don't give a shit about the products you sell and neither do your clients. So how do we give a shit about you? How do I give a shit about you? How, how can you get us to give a shit about you? And how can you know if we're your guys? I think it's pretty simple. There's, there's several things. And I think I want to come at it from a specific angle. If you're a gym owner and you are sick and tired of watching all of your members go to GNC, buy shit off Amazon, and they're consuming whatever popular ad that comes across Instagram that you know is not making them healthier. And you know is just making them think that they're checking the nutritional box. They're checking that box that they are making themselves healthier because they bought a year's supply of vitamin D. But you don't know what to do next. You don't know how to solve that problem with your people. Then we're your guys. Because you are wanting to take an active approach in helping your people be healthier and take control of that. If you want to be better than the rest of the industry in helping people like filter out all the bullshit, we're probably your guys, right? There's a lot of noise out there. So if that's the role you have, then don't just choose that position and hope that people appreciate you for it, right? Choose that position, help people. This is about a service, but it's a service that you should be paid for. It's a professional service, by the way. The day in any industry I've had that I've worked in, the best one was before in the technical field, service field, right? We get to that point where guys would not be willing to talk to clients about the prices of the thing of the, the things they were there to do. Those men did not view themselves as professionals. They did not view the things that they know truly deep down. They did not view them as things that had real value because like, oh, it was kind of easy for me. I'm maybe I'm a dumb fuck, but they were like, I'm not going to tell somebody this costs $200. They literally would not want to go to a person and say, here, take a, Here's your choices. What do you want to do? They just would not want to have a money conversation with the person. And I can sniff it out right away. Just right away when someone doesn't buy. Anytime I say, what do you think about raising your prices $50? It's like a test that I do for people. Because by the way, you and I both know this. We've talked about this on the podcast before. Raising your prices is not how I recommend doing things, even though sometimes you should. However, mm -hmm. the moment I make one claim about charging more for something or that something should cost more, when a gym owner gives me resistance, I go, oh, you don't think of yourself at all as a professional. You don't think it has this value or it just means you're fucking broke and both those things need to be fixed no matter what the case is, right?
You should have enough money to spend a lot of money on something that's nice, that's a good service, that has value to you, whatever your priorities are. And if you don't, then you need to be become better at making money. Being good at coaching and being good at a gym, good at owning a gym are two separate things. <laughs> and by the way, let's let's touch on this one before we go. If your passion is in coaching, coach, don't own a fucking gym. <laughs> if your passion is in coaching and you refuse to be willing to let somebody else come in and coach or to, to take you, guess what? Every coach that you're going to hire is going to be less good than you. If you're awesome and you're a passionate coach, right? Every single coach that you're going to hire and come in to put in front of your people will not be as good as you at the things that you do, but there are probably some other things they are good at. And if given time, they'll find their own way. But if you're unwilling to move past that point, you should have just stayed a coach then because you are not, well, you're not, you're not choosing to grow the business. You're choosing to essentially anchor down the business and hold his head underwater while you get to scratch your coaching itch. Silly. It's silly when you think about it. They're, they're not the same thing. It's if you want to coach, go, go coach clients, coach all day, do a great, you'll do great. You can charge more money for that. You can be a personal trainer. You can do all, but you don't really want it. You want, you kind of want to dip your toes in either of those things. And that's not how this is going to work. But if you are passionate about taking your knowledge of coaching and teaching that to more people that can then take your same knowledge and help more people, just exponentially more people, because you've taken what's in your brain, what you are passionate about and what you have worked on for your whole life. And you can take that knowledge and you can put it in this person's brain and this person's brain and this person's brain. And now you have just tripled your ability to help others. And you love that. And if you learn how to market it to where now you're drawing more people in and you learn to speak to the people who are right on the cusp of joining, get them to come to you instead of some other schmuck who's going to hurt them and not do a good job. And then all of a sudden now you got real good reach and you're making a real fucking difference if you actually fucking care. Or do because you just want to be a martyr? That's it. Because if you love doing that thing, if you love being able to watch the clients that you helped with get better because you knew how to do it better than other people because you could help them and they trusted you. And then you could get coach one and coach two and coach three that could help their people the same way from your knowledge. You made them a better coach. That coach can now feed themselves. They can feed their family because yeah. they're now helping more people. If that is what you love to do. And if that is something that you want to be able to build your skill level to grow that and make a difference in your community, then we're your guys. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the criteria, if you want to work with us, all right, you need to actually care about people. You need to actually care about spreading whatever it is your thing is in your community. Your metrics for success need to involve that. It needs to involve results, results for the individual and results for your community, your town, whatever it is for all your clients as a whole. It needs to be true growth of spreading health, whatever your thing is, strength, jackedness into your community. That matters. Okay. That needs to be one metric of success for you. Is my business successful? That is one. The too passionate, the only passion people, they only live with that. And then they get worse and worse and worse at that as they go. Okay. On the other side of that, your second metric for success needs to be, can you make not just a kind of okay living, Okay. You, you need to want to make a really, really, really good living doing this. You should be, this is a have your cake and eat it too situation. 
and the amount of people that always stop just short because they're willing to deal with what they think they deserve is astonishing. Always the case, right? You'll just, well, I don't know, this is just what this is, okay? So spread results, spread health, get fucking paid while you're doing it. Okay, it's, it's valuable. If you don't think it's valuable enough for you to live in a nice place and drive a nice car and have a good lifestyle for your family and your children and potential and growth opportunities, okay, that needs to be a, one of the metrics of success in your business. If you think you're a successful gym owner and you're fucking poor, you're not. <laughs> you're, you're just not. And the third criteria is you need to be willing to make sure that your gym keeps its soul that it keeps a part of you in it, that is that is anchored in what is right in the world, what is right in the world of fitness, and you position yourself. You don't have to be positioned fully against all the things that are wrong because that may be not worth your effort, but you need to be very, very, very much loudly right, anchored in what is right, what is true, what is ethical, and be just a goddamn good person about it, okay? So do good get paid, be good. We're going to be all right. Okay. If you want in on that, you can shoot us a message at the gym owners podcast or message me at Tyler F and still on Instagram, John at J banks, FL get in the Facebook group links in our description. Goodbye, everybody.